Hello and welcome to a Tisket Tasket podcast. I'm your host Gina and I am proud to present the 10th episode of a Tisket Tasket podcast. I'm very proud of having 10 episodes so far and I hope there are many more. Today we are going to be talking about the nursery rhyme Peas Porridge Hot as a Rald folk song index number of 19,631. Now, just an aside before I get started, this nursery rhyme is one of the reasons I actually pursued an English degree. And where my interest started in nursery rhymes and sort of language and linguistics in general. Why? Well, I was really curious to know why peas, P-E-A-S, was plural in peas porridge. I kept asking everyone and no one could give me a satisfactory answer. And it wasn't until I took history of the English language when I was a senior in undergraduate that I learned the reason why. And now I get to impart this knowledge onto you. But first, let's talk about the nursery rhyme, Peas Porridge Hot. I really, really wish I had more to report on this nursery rhyme. Opie in the Oxford Dictionary of Nursery Rhymes really don't have much to say about it. They state nothing more than this is a clapping game, similar to the one that I talked about in one of the very first episodes when I talked about a tisket tasket. And it first appeared in Mother Goose's Melody in 1765. There is another small note that alternative versions could be altered into a spelling game, rhyming at the end of the normal poem with something like, spell me that without a P and what a clever scholar you will be. Which if you haven't caught it, is a spelling pun, the best kind of puns. Anyway, the other thing I found was when I was looking at the history of this, I was, I was wondering why there was a nursery rhyme about peas porridge of all things. And I did find that pudding cloth, which I had not heard of before, but I guess I know it as like cheesecloth kind of things. So pudding cloth was invented in the 17th century which made it possible for thin, watery soups to become more savory dishes, which was way more economical than meat, and made dishes like peas porridge popular among all socioeconomic classes. It made peas porridge's popularity explode, and I want you to try to say that three times fast, and thus it makes sense to me at least that a nursery rhyme could have born from this, especially because it's something from the everyday. And I've talked about this in previous episodes that nursery rhymes really seem to come from the everyday. And if a dish like peas porridge became very popular because of an invention, it's kind of like, I don't know, when the hamburger first came to the United States, like it became so popular that everyone knew it. It, it makes sense to me that there's a nursery rhyme about it. But again, I haven't found any scholarship about it. Opie and Opie don't talk about this, but, you know, I'm just kind of putting one and one together to come up with two. Who knows if I'm right? I did also find a book by scholar Karen Dolby who states, The children's rhyme grew out of the food seller's cry announcing peas porridge hot. Often heard at fairs. However, I don't see any sources referencing this outside the book, but I reference Dolby's book and others in my reference page that you can find on my blog, atiskettasketpodcast.com. With what little I did find, I was surprised I did find an audio recording of this nursery rhyme. It was recorded by Peter Pan Records by Jack Arthur and the Song Spinners and Don Cope. 
There was no date on this record that I found, but when I dug through some of the history, I think it was recorded around 1949. I'm almost positive it was recorded no later than 1960, but again, I don't have an exact date. But let's listen to it. And here's another game about food. You all clap your hands, remember? Yeah. All right, here we go. Peas porridge hot, peas porridge cold. Peas porridge in the pot, nine days old. Some like it hot, some like it cold. Some like it in the pot, nine days old. I'll say this. I'm always a bit creeped out when someone is trying to sound like a child on a record. It just sounds like super creepy. But anyway, I was excited to find an audio recording of this nursery rhyme, so if you've never heard of it before, you kind of can get it stuck in your head like I do. Again, I really wish I had more to contribute about the history of this nursery rhyme, and I still wonder where the heck that I learned it. It seems kind of rather rare, especially in the United States. Peas porridge is a dish traditionally found in the UK, but it's stored up in my noggin, and so I wanted to talk about it. I do, however, have some other fun things to contribute to this episode, outside of the history of the rhyme. So, you may have been listening to me talk and wondering, Gina, what the heck is peas porridge? Or peas pudding? Or peas pottage, as it's known by all three? Well, it is a savory dish with the consistency of hummus made up of boiled lagoons, typically split yellow peas, often cooked with ham or bacon. It is not split pea soup, and it originates in the UK, and according to Google, comes from the Northumbrian area. I'm submitting two recipes slash articles for peas porridge, one of them from the BBC's Good Food blog and a 2017 article from the Chronicle Live, a UK publication. The article is titled, Meet a Man with a Mission to Put Peas Pudding Back on the Northeast Menu, which is where it originated. And when I read it, I just kept thinking of the Geordie comedian Bob Mortimer. If you don't know who I'm talking about, please Google or YouTube him. He is guaranteed to make you laugh. He's a hysterical comedian and just a genuinely funny guy. But both references can be found in my resource section. Now, I've never had peas porridge. I've had pea soup. I've had legumes. I've had hummus. But I've never had peas porridge, and I wonder what it would taste like. If you've had it, let me know. Email me at info at and let me know what you think of it. Speaking of recipes, when I was scouring the internet to try to find something about this nursery rhyme, I found a very charming book published in December 1915 in New York titled What My Children Love to Eat. It was written by Elizabeth Coulson, who also authored The Child Housekeeper and Letters to My Children. This book is just amazing to read through. It consists of menus for children and contains such delights as junkets and lettuce sandwiches. I was incredibly surprised reading through this at how many terms or dishes I just didn't know or recognize. Now, I grew up in rural Ohio, and we very, very, very often ate what we grew and raised, and I was just expected to be more familiar with terms. And if it wasn't for the glossary in the book, I still think I'd be stumped. Junket, by the way, apparently is also called curds and whey in some cookbooks, and isn't that also featured in another nursery rhyme? I haven't covered that nursery rhyme yet, but it's coming up. It's apparently a curdled milk jello. And it took me a long time to say that correctly in my recording, by the way. And I have to admit, it 
does not look or sound appetizing in any way, shape, or form. But I haven't tried it, so I guess I shouldn't pass judgment. And when I looked up lettuce sandwiches, I thought it would be something like a club sandwich. So turkey, bacon, or some sort of meat and lettuce. But no, they are exactly what they sound like. Lettuce between two pieces of buttered bread. Mmm, delicious. If you'd like to read this cookbook, I'll have the PDF on the blog. And I admit, I was making some very involuntary noises reading some of the descriptions, such as prune whip. But moving on, I want to talk about, well, something that I really like to learn about that maybe others do not. And that is the history of the English language and why peas is peas. Okay. So now I get to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that is the history of the English language. As I tease at the beginning of this episode, we didn't always call the singular legume a pea. It used to be peas, P-E-A-S-E. In Middle English, peas was a mass noun used in the same way we use flour and oatmeal. However, as we shifted from Middle English to Modern English, this word shifted to be P, P-E-A. This is just a tiny itty bitty look at how fluid the English language is and how it changes and how it shifts in time. Now, when we look at linguistics, the linguistics of the English language, a mass noun is a noun with what is called a syntactic property. Which basically means that no matter how many of that noun you have, the language doesn't change and you can't use it with an indefinite article. So basically, like, you can't say an oatmeal. It just sounds very weird. I guess you can say a pea, but if you want to be properly grammatically correct about it, you'd use quantity in relative terms, such as a single pea or several peas rather than use articles a, an, or the. And if you're an English language learner, I just apologize. It's just a very bizarre thing. And the only reason why I know this is because I really like learning about the history of our language. It doesn't really make sense outside of that. But another example of a mass noun making learning English even more difficult to learn is the noun paper, which is both a mass noun and what is called a count noun. That is, it could be counted. We say both the students passed in their papers and the students have three sheets of paper. So see how I use both a numerical definition and a relative quantity, papers versus three sheets of papers? Yeah, English is real hard and that's why P and P's are different. And if you're wondering how Middle English shifted to Modern English, and boy, I'm sure this topic keeps you awake at night, English pronunciation changed between 1400 and 1700 and what we language nerds call the Great Vowel Shift, which began in the south of England and directly influenced the language as a whole. And when you think of England, it was a colonizing nation and it colonized bunch of different countries and so this language which began in a relatively small geographical area spread throughout the world. The standardization of English spelling began in the 15th and 16th century and is one of the major reasons why modern spelling doesn't match their pronunciation if you ever wanted someone to blame. I don't have time to give an entire lecture on this 
But I want you to pay close attention to the centuries I mentioned, the 1400s to the 1700s. If you've listened to my podcast, you'll note that these dates come up quite a bit. It seems that some of the older English nursery rhymes, including Pea's Porridge, that were documented started around this 300-year period, and we probably have to thank the dedicated scholars that standardized English spelling to thank for that. There are other causes, including population migration, French loan words, which I could talk forever about because it's super interesting, middle-class hypercorrection, and wars with France. But, well, that's all the explanation I can give in a 15 to 20 minute time. But, see? Things are connected! Isn't it neat that English standardization happened between this 300-year mark and nursery rhymes really came from that mark? And if we know that the invention of the cheesecloth happened in the 17th century, we can probably guess that peas, porridge, hot, the nursery rhyme, came around about this time. But I bet you didn't expect to get a grammar lesson with this week's episode, but I really could not help myself. So what have we learned this week? Well, we learned that Peas Porridge Hot is a nursery rhyme that doesn't have a lot of history behind it, or at least scholars don't really talk about it. However, we found that it probably originated around the 17th century because of the invention of the pudding cloth, which changed the way that English people ate. Their diet moved from thin, watery soups, because meat was expensive, to more savory dishes because of this pudding cloth. But we really don't know for sure. I've included a recording from around the 1950s area that does prove that this nursery rhyme is sung and it doesn't just exist in my head. And we've also learned some really interesting recipes like junket, which is a milky curdled pudding, which doesn't sound good at all. And I gave you a bit of an English lesson, which talks about how peas, P-E-A-S-E, became P, P-E-A. I hope you found that grammar lesson interesting, and I hope you found the podcast episode interesting. And if you'd like to learn more, please check out my blog, which I'll have resources and notes, and that is atiskettasketpodcast.com. Feel free to email me at info atiskettasketpodcast.com. And really, thank you for listening to me just be really passionate about this topic and just get really excited about peas, I guess. And as always, please tune in next week where I'll continue to talk about the weirdness of nursery rhymes. Hello. What do you say we sing about people and food for a moment? All right. Good. Remember what happened to Little Miss Muffet when she was eating one day? Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet eating her curds and whey. Along came a spider and sat down beside it. And frightened Miss Muffet away. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of sitting on a tuffet, she should have sat on a corner like Little Jack Harnett. Yeah, he was a good boy. Little Jack Horner sat in the corner eating his Christmas pie. He put in his thumb and pulled out a plum and said, what a good boy am I. And said, what a good boy am I. I like the one 
talking about the fat lady and the thin man. Oh, you mean Jack Sprat. Jack Sprat could eat no fat, his wife could eat no lean, and so betwixt them both, you see, they licked the platter clean. Jack Sprat could eat no fat, his wife could eat no lean, and so betwixt them both, you see, they licked the platter clean. And speaking about food, Let's play a little game. What do you say? All right. You dance around in a circle and sing these words. Oats, peas, beans, and barley grow. Oats, peas, beans, and barley grow. Whether your mother will let you or no. Oats, peas, beans, and barley grow. Waiting for a partner, waiting for a partner. Open the ring and choose one in while we all gaily dance and sing. Open the ring and choose one in while we all gaily dance and sing. And here's another game about food. You all clap your hands, remember? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Peas, porridge, hot. Peas porridge cold. Peas porridge in the pot nine days old. Some like it hot, some like it cold. Some like it in the pot nine days old. Some little girls like to play tea party. Oh, I do. You do? Mm -hmm. Well, here's a song you sing for that kind of a game. Polly put the kettle on, Polly put the kettle on, Polly put the kettle on, we'll all have tea. Polly put the kettle on, Polly put the kettle on, Polly put the kettle on, we'll all have tea. 